A little bit of charisma and a smile on your face is always going to be a good thing in sales, right? What if there was a situation where a plain, neutral, expressive personality might actually help you boost sales? Today, we will tell you what that situation is according to a recent study. This is Shadoof. Welcome to Shadoof, the place where business, research, and entertainment make a baby in your mind. And you will come to find the start to challenge business standards. Because you'll trust the data, but not from Star Trek, because that's a made up character. Welcome to Shadoof. The sun is gone to long, let's start the show. Dum 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 dum. Thought I'd sing you guys a little song. Heard it on the radio; it's really popular. Cool people listen to it. Is that the dum 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 song? I think that's what it's. I think that's the name of the song. Welcome back to the Shadoof Podcast, where every week we try to bring you some business tips that are based on actual research, actual data, and we break it down for you so it's not boring. We try and make it fun and entertaining, and kind of have a discussion about it. And now we've started recently recording these live so we can have people join in on the discussion wherever you're watching from or listening from. I'm your host, Weston Smith, here with Head of Research, Dustin Harding, and Rachel Hansen, who is a digital marketing coordinator here at the Woodbury School of Business. So we're going to try and get some audience participation in this one. We didn't really do that in the last one. It was kind of rude. Yeah, rude of us. Rude. Gosh, we're rude. So so bad. But we've got a topic today that's really awesome, really interesting. And Dustin's going to introduce it here in just a minute. But I wanted to see, I wanted, I'm the kind of person who can't help but always let my personality kind of just, I can't hold it in, right? It's like the Holt with personality. Like it just kind of, (laughs) there goes my personality and then it's all over. And you guys are similar. You guys are very charismatic people. Have you guys ever had? Have you guys ever had a? a yes. Okay, I know you <laughs> <No>. have. <laughs> I have no idea what you're going to say. A joke, a joke, or something, just something funny that you've tried to say, but it's never ever landed for you. It's never, never like, landed. It's never worked. You guys be thinking about that. I have one, and I was thinking about it just today. This is it's so bad. Just as a preface, you guys, it's not going to sound funny because I'm not doing it in the right timing. So, okay, oh okay. yeah, of course, that's the reason why I'm giving. Yeah, you, I'm giving that, myself why. an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it never has been funny to anyone ever. <laughs> Try one more time. Just hit us. Every Come on. Time I've tried, it's failed. <laughs> and by the way, guys, I'm going to try this time, and it's probably going to fail. But it's not because of me. No, it's, it's because the of context. It's because context. I'm explaining it. Because I'm not doing it in the moment. Because um, I think it's funny, but I guess it's not. Here's what it is, okay? When you're eating with plastic utensils, I, I thought about it today because I was eating some leftovers. Okay. okay. And in the break room, there's the white plastic utensils, like the, the cheap plastic kind of. And then there's yeah. like ones that are a little bit more durable uh, that are the clear plastic. Okay. okay. Yep. This is so stupid. And maybe it's just too nerdy. I don't know. But. Whenever I'm around people, like out camping or like at a barbecue, anytime they have these utensils and like if I see that there are some that are the clear plastic and some that are just the white plastic, I always say, oh no, the cloaking device on your fork has run out or something (laughs) dumb like that. Because they're clear? Because they're clear. (laughs) I think that's funny. Well, thanks, Rachel. You're the first. (laughs) 
anyways, I've tried different versions of it, and it's never landed. I've, I don't Maybe think we I've... could workshop it and okay. see what, you know. All right. And I'm usually not a joke person, but with my in-laws, I'm always the person. They have so many inside jokes and movie quotes, and I'm always the person that's like, wait, what are you talking about? And they're like, don't worry. It's, it's from a movie. Or like, you weren't around when that happened. I'm like... <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not that ditzy, but if I was like, if no. like movies, nope, too a far. A reference right. joke. Yeah, I don't do, I don't do those very good. That makes sense. A fork joke, I can do that. <laughs> good. That's okay. funny. <laughs> See, in the office with all of our wonderful workers, like Wes and I quote movie quotes all the time, all and the time. it lands every time. Every time. <laughs> every time. People love it, and they clamor for more. They cheer for us, and they hoist us up on their shoulders as they're laughing, and they just are like, we love you guys, and we think you're so funny. <laughs> Kelly shaking your head, no. <laughs> That doesn't happen. I don't know. I'm not around no. your office there's, enough. There's a but. little bit of a generation gap, and they normally have no <laughs> idea what we're quoting. But we kind of. <laughs> um, let's see. What That's do I? Sad. Let's see. One thing I always like to do is pretty much any time somebody says that something's intense, mm-hmm. like man, that's intense. It's like ah, just like camping, and most of the time they don't know what I'm talking about. But that or <laughs> or they've heard it so many or times. They've heard it so many times. It's not. I never like, heard that one. That's I just funny. can't resist. I just can't resist. <laughs> but but uh, I think I'm uber sensitive to things like that, though. So hmm. there's things like that I'll say just because I like to be a dork sometimes, and I know mm-hmm. that it's not funny. Oh but, yeah. But if I'm really trying to be funny and it doesn't land. That just gets kind of locked into my brain, like, do not use again. <laughs> and you take notes. That's good. Well, and that's how probably I should be, but I'm just like, no, it's too good. I've got to try it again. <laughs> New audience. Try again. <laughs> well, that's great. Okay. All right. So now, as we've just been jovial in front of a live audience while recording our podcast, Dustin, tell us what we are talking about today. Okay, so it's funny, like we're live Mm -hmm. streaming right Mm -hmm. now, right? But we're talking about live streaming, specifically in sales. Um, If you're selling a product or service and you're doing a live stream in front of multiple people, there's this uh, cool research. It's called New Live Stream Retail Analytics Framework to Assess the Sales Impact of Emotional Displays. So pretty much what it says is during these live stream events, What's the impact of emotions from the seller? And uh, it's pretty cool. They used, uh, there was a company that apparently has a bunch of salespeople and they're pretty much constantly broadcasting live events. Like all the time and selling products. all the time, selling products. Okay. Uh, It almost, they don't say infomercially, they don't say infomercial, but it almost sounds a bit, infomercially Mm. but uh, they're constantly doing it (laughs) so whether or not it was infomercials we're live streaming more often than we're yeah and so this is like a recent paper published in the journal of marketing and they grabbed this data it was going pretty much 24 hours seven days a week in the end they had 62.32 million frames over two years and uh what they did was Using software, we actually, it should do biometrics. We have a similar software that if we're streaming or on camera, it looks at the micro expressions in your face mm-hmm. and can tell kind of what emotions are being displayed. Right. So they, they were able to to use that software to look at all the different salespeople and the emotions that were displayed, 
how often the face was shown on the screen, different things like that. So they just captured all of these micro expressions in these sales events that were, I think, like 30 minutes to a half hour long. Right. As a quick clarification, they're not recording the audience because this is just being broadcast to whoever. So it's people watching, sitting on their couch in their living room on their laptop or something or on their phone watching salespeople. And the salespeople are just talking to a camera. Right. Right. Okay. Something will display on the screen when they, you know, when they're showing how the product works or something like that. And so, so this face isn't always on there. So they had to keep track of that as or well. Or it cuts away to the product or something. Some good At least old that's B-roll. what they do on infomercials. Yeah. <laughs> So they, they kept track of emotions of for happiness, sadness, surprise, anger, fear, and disgust. Well, should we ask the audience what they think the possible outcome would be? Yeah. So possible outcomes, do we want to like go by emotion or? Yeah. So which of these emotions, happiness, sadness, surprise, anger, fear, and disgust, which ones were good, yeah, in, in actually increasing sales, and uh, and what ones were negative? When I read that list, I thought disgust was an interesting one, because usually it's like, you know, happy, sadness, fear, okay, yeah, those make sense, but disgust, I was like, what does that even look like? Yeah. And nose not like your nose wrinkling. Like, but you wouldn't want to oh, do that if you're talking about the product <laughs> that you were selling. I imagine, though, that the software is just, just saying what's on your right? face. If that's what they were doing, they were using it to say, like, isn't it gross when you have, like, uh, dishes that are like, you know, try this brush. This brush Showing is the like, need for mm-hmm. something. You yeah, think that's that what's sense. going on? Okay. So when the salespeople are conveying these emotions. Happiness, sadness, surprise, anger, fear, and disgust. Okay. If the salespeople emoted any of those, which one do you think would be a positive thing that would generate more sales? Do you want me to read a response? Okay. She says, I would think that the negative emotions would do worse. Okay. Negative emotions worse. Negative emotion equals less sales. I also would probably agree. Someone else says, maybe disgust. It's a powerful emotion, as is humor. Hmm. Disgust probably being bad. Less sales. Oh, or is it, are they saying that one, it's a powerful emotion, so it would generate uh, likelihood to buy? They're saying that's a good thing, right? But that would, that would yeah. be the one that yeah, they would pick. Yeah, because it's powerful. Yeah. If you use disgust as a product, like... I really want to sell you this drink. <laughs> oh, it's, <laughs> trust me, it's These fabulous. These new water bottles, they're so, they're so great. But that was, it's intriguing. I'd be like, what is going on? Maybe I need to get this water bottle. That totally happens. So like, at least when you smell something, like, have you ever seen that where it's like, oh, oh, smell this. It stinks. Like, <laughs> you know, like. We have a need and, to and share that, right? And you actually want to smell it. You got to taste this. It's so gross. Oh, were there any other responses? And this okay. one's interesting since I know the results. Um, it says, I would guess smiles equal more sales. Smiles equal more sales. The happier you are, the more likable you seem. Question mark. So what what happens actually is uh, so the negative emotions drum roll are not good. You don't want to display negative emotions, and so so that's pretty clear. So when it comes to disgust, fear, anger, and sadness, those decreased sales. The more that those were displayed. Now for surprise. 
So surprise did not do much, actually. Really? Just kind of flatlined. How can you be surprised for over a period of time? Thinking door-to-door sales because that's just what comes to mind. But they're like over-anxious and surprised and like so excited. And sometimes that turns me away. It's like, you are too excited about this carpet cleaner. What is it? Someone reposted one of these old ads like 90 in the 90s or something for the, what was the brush? It was the squiggle brush or something. You remember so many squiggles. <laughs> yes. Like, you remember that lady? <laughs> so funny. That kind of surprise. It's like, that is not genuine. The, the authors, they were kind of wondering that at, at, in the beginning. They, they were wondering if a seller's surprise may be a sign that the seller is trying to garner attention slash liking in an attempt to make them more persuasive. Happiness um, actually was not good either. What? That's surprising. Happiness was one of the stronger predictors of decreasing sales. Even the negative emotions did better than happiness. They weren't as bad as happiness. Jeez. Wow. So, so yeah, it was it was one of the one of the strongest ones there. That and anger. Trick question. You're all wrong. Yeah, you are all wrong. You're wrong. (laughs) All of you. So, so which which is really interesting. That what they found was when a salesperson is straight faced. They, were, they sold more, mm. even with, with happiness, because what they anticipate is, is when a seller's happy, displaying happiness, it may be taken as a sign that the seller's gaining in the negotiation and at the target's expense. Yeah, that's kind of the, the idea there that why are you happy? Should you be happy? Is that because I'm losing and you're kind of winning this oh, argument? Wow. Pretty bleak concept. Like customers are just inherently just like, excuse me, what do you have to be happy about? Is it because you're making me suffer <laughs> or is it because you're going to get my money you're like getting my no. money and i'm not going to have it anymore you're yeah. tricking me like we've, we've seen this in some of the biometric studies that we've done like people are they don't like to be sold to and i saw this a lot especially when i was a used car salesman mm-hmm. like <laughs> they immediately don't trust you and so by showing this happiness they automatically doubt that it's authentic i gotcha and if it is authentic why are you happy it must be because you think you're going to get something out of me. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but but it says a, a similar situation occurs uh, with politicians um, who sport the perma smile. And if you're just like constantly smiling like this, then of course that that's also like a, a bad thing. Characters in TV and movies and cartoons, they always create a caricature around that persona of like, oh, here's the perceived perfect picture of a politician. Some good alliteration right there. But they're always just like very charismatic, Dudley Do-Right type of people. And it's meant to be off-putting to people, right? Yeah. Past research has talked about the perma-smile for salespeople that they get fewer votes. And then also in sales, the, the broader the smile, the worse. It should be more of a subtle smile. We are not selling any products. But if we were, we would be failing because we're emoting and we're, we're conveying all kinds of emotions to our live audience, right? If you're selling a product, do you just become a robot and you don't make any facial expressions and you just are straight-faced and Because some people have really smiley, like, personalities. So this says, act like a robot. Don't show any emotion whatsoever. Yeah, you were right. You you guessed that right. I am SalesBot469C here to sell you this new cleaning product. All of a sudden, people are like pouring in and watching this. All of a sudden. It's (laughs) got to get some of that. What is interesting with this, and it can kind of help, is as the sales presentation goes, if you're smiling toward the beginning, sales dramatically drop. 
And this kind of goes with most of the emotions except surprise, which really didn't do it like a whole lot. But then um, toward the middle of the presentation, the customers are no longer thinking as much about why you're presenting Mm. and their minds kind of shift into thinking a little bit more about the product and whether or not they would want to buy it at that point. And after that point, emotions, including happiness and these other ones, become a positive thing. Oh, really? In the beginning, it takes a dip Mm -hmm. and then kind of levels out and then toward the end rises again as you're displaying these emotions. I see. Like at the beginning of the presentation, I need to be a bit more serious, a little bit more straight face, but then toward the middle, you can kind of start to show a little bit more emotion. And then at the end, really sell them on that happiness and charisma. It seems so like opposite of what my brain would think. Like you would want to start out smiling, enthusiastic, and I'm fun and what I'm selling is great and you should buy this. And by the end, it doesn't matter as much. And then by the end, you're like, but seriously, buy it, right? (laughs) No. When it says straight face, I imagine you can still have charisma. You can still have vocal inflection and things that can sweeten up and make it interesting, make you sound interesting. I imagine there's some tips there. We should ask some of our sales people here in the Woodbury School of Business. Like in the beginning, you're just kind of talking and being kind of straight with people, but you're just like, hey, this is important. And then as you progress through it, it's almost like you're discovering it with them and you're kind of pulling them along. It almost reminds me of establishing a kind of a narrative, like a three-act story structure. You know, in the beginning, they don't care, like, what emotion they're seeing on your face because that's a little bit more nuanced. They want to know about the product. They want to know why you're doing whatever you're doing. Mm. And then as you go on, they're learning more and learning how it can be applied to their life. And then at the end, you can kind of convey the result with them, like, oh, if I take all of this information and I buy the product, then... I'm going to be a lot happier or then I'm going to solve these problems that I'm having or whatever, you know. So maybe it's just like you kind of lull them into telling them a story, right? And we are like innately like that's what we want to hear, that kind of story. That's bingo. we our brains just like. So that makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. I have another guess, another theory. We've talked about in sales and there's all kinds of research about this, the importance of mimicry. Okay. And we've talked about like jibing yep. and things like that. So we have some podcast episodes, past yes. podcast episodes. Jump, episode. jibe, and sell. Jump, jibe, and sell. One thing that we should mention this effect, this is for streaming. When you're not really interacting with your audience, interacting, it may be different. And if my guess as to one of the other things that could be driving this is correct, mm-hmm. then communicating one-on-one where you can see them is going to produce a very different effect than streaming. Right. One-on-one interactions with salespeople. This is not advice for people who are doing one-on-one sales. Like if yeah. you're there with the person and they're talking to you, a little bit of charisma probably is charisma. going to be But this helpful. makes me think of like Instagram influencers when they're selling to their mm. phone. That's basically a live streamed infomercial, but yeah. it's on yeah. stories. I think I could definitely t- apply there. So if you are communicating to someone one-on-one, the research is clear, like... It's good to mimic and follow their mannerisms because as you do that, it builds rapport. They feel like you're understanding them more. And so if somebody's happy, then you want to be happy if you're trying to sell to them. If they're kind of upset, you don't want to just be like, la, la, la. <laughs> yeah, you know? if I'm like, if I'm not in a really social mood, but I'm going in because I've got to buy something and some salesperson comes up with this bombastic personality and they're like, hey, the you know, then I'm like. Yeah. I made that mistake one time. Did you? When I was uh, in retail. I had this guy and his son come in and 
And I was like, hey, how's it going? Welcome. And he just turns to us and he's like, yeah, we're definitely in Utah Valley, huh? Oh, <laughs> like, I'm like, boy. okay. Like, wow, rude. <laughs> Maybe I just am generally I, vibing positively yeah, with life. Gosh, gosh. Happen to live in this but, county. <laughs> but but, but I, didn't, I didn't read that, right? Mm. That's what we get in one-on-one interactions. Okay. Rachel, what is your face like when you are watching a live feed just on social media? What's your face like? <laughs> making me smile just like this just neutral normal probably yeah, right? not even that smiley like nothing yeah. so so if we're going to mimic people who are watching our stream we want a neutral face because they are neutral you know that makes sense. that makes sense because it is different from one-on-one interactions because the person in a one-on-one interaction is also thinking i've got to have a little bit more of a welcoming or Put on a social facade, right? They kind yep. of like, yep. oh, I'm going to be interacting with someone. I'm not just going to be sitting there like totally Stoic. neutral, right? Yeah. Yeah. Once it's at the one-on-one interaction, then people are going to be displaying more emotions and you want to mimic those emotions. But no one's going to be just scrolling through their phone with kind of like a little happy face on. like Unless um, you just found a good meme yeah, or something. unless you find something funny. <laughs> unless you're Weston scrolling through his TikTok feed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, 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 laughing out loud. One. I have to send this to everyone I know. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that that's about it. That that sounds pretty, pretty likely. That's I guess if we're going to wrap it up, the plain advice is don't let your emotions be too drastic. Right. When you're streaming, especially toward the beginning of a presentation. Right. Toward the middle is when you can let your personality go. Like we're talking about, let it shine. Let your hope come out. (laughs) Um, And uh, even happy emotions, it's very different, right? But then again, this only applies in streaming occasions, not uh, with one-on-one communication. If we're talking about tips, because a lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to show a lot of like this thrilled personality in order to get attention, in order to get people to pay attention and draw people in. If that's going to hinder your sales, then maybe don't do that. And maybe find other ways to grab attention in the beginning find some other way something else you can do rather than that's not your emotion yeah or your maybe something that concentrates more on the product those emotions that you're using trying to get people in mm-hmm. might just be doing the exact opposite because people will think oh you're intentionally trying to get me to watch this Nah. Yeah, we I'm kind of in relaxing I'm... mode, and you have so much energy, you're exhausting me while I'm sitting here. Yeah. Yep. No, that makes sense. Sitting and scrolling, yeah, it's like I don't want to do anything. I'm tuning out. And if you want me to tune in, it's too hard. Right. Skip. Exactly. Yeah. Now, one last thing where we go from here. You were kind of talking about before all of this data comes from real world data. What's the distinction there? Because it's not experimental. No, it's not experimental. So this is real world. This would be like a field study in a way, right? Field data. They just grabbed a lot of this data and they use a lot of different variables, a lot of different metrics to control for who is it that's selling? What time of day is it? Like all these different things that could also account for it, right? They're running those in the analysis at the same time to try to control for those things. But it's not an experiment. With this type of data, it's not causation, it's correlation. These things are related. You're talking about there's benefits to both. For an experiment, a way that we would do this with an experiment where you can kind of show causation would be, hey, we're going to have people watch this stream event and maybe you have actors or something and they're smiling in one case as they're selling the product or they're just straight faced. Right. You can have one aspect. You can change one aspect between the two experiments, but have everything else try and be the same. So their script would be the same. 
their yeah, their pacing would same, be the same. Making that small tweak, something like that, that would be kind of a difficult experiment to really get strong. Like, okay, we've only changed the smile every once in a while right. versus not, right? But if you're able to do that, then the advantage there is like, okay, this is very clear causation. Smiling decreased sales. Mm -hmm. But then the question is, we really did a lot of work in manipulating this just right. Mm -hmm. Is that going to work in the real world? Yeah, if we apply it into a natural setting, uh -huh. is the same thing apply? Which is the advantage of having a field study like this, like where this. you just have data, because that's, okay, this is working in the real world, right? Mm -hmm. But then you just can't say, you right. can't claim causality, because uh, you don't have those very clear conditions. So Right, and I think you said the experimental data can more explore the why, right? Yeah, with experimental data, it's easier a lot of times to figure out the why. The why. What's going on. Remind me the title of the study. It is. It's a fun one. A new live stream retail analytics framework to assess the sales impact of emotional displays. <sighs> they really get the titles of those uh, studies. They get I mean, them. academics were really good at naming <laughs> research. So good. Really good. <laughs> So for anyone who wants to look into that, that's the name of the study. And I don't know how many people would want to, but it's there. And we have covered that topic. It's a really cool. We've kind of talked about some ways to apply it. If someone works in some sort of industry where you can put this into practice, go ahead and try it out and tell us what the results are. That would be really cool to know if it actually helps someone. Yeah, because it's going to completely counter what your intuition is going to say. Right. But other than that, thank you for tuning in live and listening to our podcast, the Shadoof Podcast, and join us next time. We would like to thank UVU's Woodbury School of Business for sponsoring the Shadoof Podcast. Please follow us on the various social media platforms such as LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram, where we bring you even more content such as videos or business tips that will help you make decisions that are backed by data.